guys welcome to another episode of ten and tenor thank you again so much for joining me this week um this is a very 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 special episode to me um because it was made possible by uh you guys and um i'm very very grateful for that um for all these submissions i got uh actually before we begin today i wanted to address um something that happened two weeks ago um we had gotten heartbreaking news that uh sara hikazi has left this world behind um for those of you who don't know sara she was an lgbt activist uh, a communist a feminist and uh so many many more things um in egypt um and she raised the gay pride flag during a masrudaida concert which basically is why she is so known because it led to her imprisonment um where she suffered a great deal of abuse uh harassment and torture and after she got out she sought asylum in Canada where she lived until recently um it is absolutely heartbreaking and devastating to hear that a beautiful person like her had to endure so much physical mental and emotional pain to a point where it broke her and that we still live in a world that allows for such preventable deaths is for me personally beyond infuriating um and you know politicians and countrymen always say like we the people are part of this or that country and community until well we're not until we do not stick to convention until we're not who they want us to be until we're seen different or dangerous even which um you know was something that they accused Sara of uh just because of who she was and who she loved um and it is really really hard to find the right words um to say anything about this because it's just so shocking and devastating and sad um but uh i do want to say that for those of you who are feeling scared or lonely or angry or frustrated or devastated or all of those things at once you have every right to feel this way but also please do remember that you're not alone remember that you are loved and that there are people out there who care for your well-being if, even if it feels like they're not sometimes your existence matters and it makes the world a better place and we will continue to resist and fight so all of us can live a peaceful and happy life everywhere because it's our right we are here and we're not going anywhere and we will be there for each other until the world you know gets a grip <laughs> and um learns its lesson and starts treating us like fellow humans i do also want to say that if it ever becomes too much any pain you might be feeling or even any abuse you are uh suffering under because you know f- 
abuse also comes within from within the home please do reach out you can reach out to me if you want uh, and i will do my best to help you um or someone you're close to but most importantly um try to reach out to professionals who can help you with whatever it is you might be experiencing there are so many organizations out there so many great people who are putting a lot of work into making this world a better place for everyone and uh, putting also so much work into helping those in need um there are many many organizations i I tried to find as many as i could but uh while living in europe it's very uh, limited like my knowledge is very limited um but i will try to list as many mental health organizations and other lgbt organizations in a description that you can reach out to whenever you need to however if i do if you yourself also know if you're listening to this right now and you know of an organization that hasn't been mentioned please let me know and i will add them because um again uh the my the information that i have is very limited to a certain geographical location um and so and you know there's only so much googling uh like google only helps so much right so i really want this to be something that everyone can use um but yeah um my condolences go out to sarah's friends family and loved ones and to everyone who feels like there is a hole in their heart now because sarah has inspired so many people and touched many many lives and she was a ray of hope um for many young LGBT uh, people in the MENA region. And um, I hope that wherever Sara is right now, that her soul is resting. And yeah, um, I would like to have a minute of silence for her and all of the other people that we do not know their you know whose names we don't know and that this community has lost to hate um i hope you don't mind joining me in this before we start the episode Thank you so much for joining me in this. Sara, wherever you are, you will not be forgotten and you're very much loved. Um, there is one other thing. This is a very weird transition, um, but whew, okay. Um, okay, before the actual episode starts, I want to kind of explain what this episode is about and how it is laid out. Uh, basically, f- 
you know, it, Pride for me is a very, I have very mixed feelings about Pride. And the idea of this episode was to gather as many opinions on Pride from as many different people uh, as possible. I think there is this assumption that some, you know, uh, that sometimes just because we are part of a larger community that we have this hive mind and that we agree on everything. Uh, but I, you know, recently found out that that's not true. I mean, which is, you know, not surprising because we're all very different and um, come from different places and have, you know, different views and environments and all of that. So, you know, the I do believe that the opposite is true. And I do believe that it is also beneficial for us to come together and to share and to listen to our different views, because I think that's one part of how our the community can grow. Um, I also want to make clear that I will not be commenting on any the, any of the questions that I have asked you to answer and I will also not comment on any answers because I really want this to be an audience driven episode and you hear me talk about my opinions more than enough anyway so you know maybe at some point I will come back to this and give my own two cents but not today. Um, I also want to say that that does not necessarily mean that I agree or disagree with anything that is said today. Um, but I just, I don't see the need for me to comment on it uh, because I just want to, um, yeah, stimulate discussion, let you guys take the space, take the mic and, um, you know, for this to maybe kind of like ignite a, I don't know, discussion within you, maybe in your surrounding, what whatever it is, right? Um, I also had originally planned to not cut any of the voice notes because I wanted to lay out all opinions as they were. However, uh, I did end up cutting some of them for, um, mostly because for two reasons. One, I do believe that language matters, that, word, that the words we use matter. And if I found that certain language was too aggressive or I felt like it was too polarizing, I cut them out because, you know, I do get that, you know, we get frustrated about things and then sometimes um, we say things um, that can be hurtful or even harmful uh, without meaning them in that way. But I, I wouldn't feel good or like I could not in good conscience put it out there as it was submitted to me because I think yeah again I think it would be more harmful than productive for the discussion and that's you know that's not the point <laughs> we want to have a discussion that is constructive and that you know moves us forward right and the second thing was mostly when if there were no concrete examples of certain viewpoints um, and if that made it sound more accusing than again constructive um, which is again not the point of the discussion I feel um, yeah, I felt like I had to take them out as well, um, because again, I don't want this to be like a, uh, outlet of frustration or like, uh, if it wasn't, well, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I also let out my frustrations in this podcast, but I, I didn't want it to be something that, you know, could hurt people, um, and especially if there's, I feel like also some things have to be discussed in a more focused context with more background information because it, sometimes we assume that everyone has the same information as we do and then 
things sound different to different people and I didn't want it to be uh, again polarizing um I hope you know you don't mind me doing that uh, I did let the people know um that I, I cut their voice notes um so there's that um I mean there might still be things that other people or even me disagree on but um I I try to leave in as much as possible just because again I do believe it's beneficial to hear different points of views um and uh yeah have I think we do need to have sometimes we do need to have meaningful and difficult discussions um and we don't have to agree and that's okay um but uh, uh yeah we we should do it in in a way that is uh respectful and um uh, considers other people's uh i think feelings as well um but yeah uh that's that for me i think i talked enough for today uh i will give the floor to you now um we will go through each question separately sometimes um so the order of the people is always the same unless uh, someone answered two questions in one uh, then I usually skip them at the next question but it's usually within like the context of their narrative makes sense so it's not really like you know you're missing anything but um, yeah uh, let's just get to it okay I just one little disclaimer before we actually start the episode um, some of the topics discu discussed could be um, very heavy for some and upsetting, um, so please keep that in mind. Um, and also, I said this before, but I'm just saying this again, none of these opinions um, necessarily represent our opinions on Ten and Tanner. Um, the entire episode was just meant to create dialogue, um, respectful dialogue and um, constructive dialogue so um yeah and now we can get to the submissions hey everyone um i have never sent anything to eileen's podcast so this is really exciting to me mm, my name is b and i'm from germany and also currently living here um i'm a lesbian who is almost 26 this year you know when you have to stop and think about how old you are because it's been so long um yeah and i'm also currently looking for a job so you know i have a lot of time i can spend on the internet which is not good um but <laughs> um so i'll just answer the first two questions together which the second one is how does your general environment respond to your sexual orientation um well you have my family which my mom thinks it's a phase i don't know if my dad knows i've never told him because our relationship is just not that good um <laughs> then you have my friends who they all know because i don't make friends with homophobic people and why should i hide it you know hi my name is Melanie, I'm from Germany, and I'm female. I'm very much into women, so I'd say I'm pretty gay. As for my environment, I can say that I made really good choices in who I befriended, as they are all amazing and no one ever treated me differently after I came out to them, or just in general, they're very loving people, and I love them, they're awesome. I must say I'm very lucky to have grown up in 
quite a big and progressive city with quite like it has a really diverse social profile so um i rarely have to deal with like any discriminatory behavior towards me my name is Dana Ash, and I'm the executive director of Haven for Artists. I'm an activist, feminist, writer. I identify as a lesbian Arab woman. Uh, I'm based currently in Beirut, Lebanon, and that is also where I'm from. My general environment responds to my sexuality quite different depending on the context, depending on the social groups that I'm in, and depending on the community in which I am speaking out in. Of course, there's a certain amount of caution that we do tag, have to take because of the Lebanese Penal Code 534 and so many others that criminalize uh, LGBTQI based in Beirut and in Lebanon as a whole. So there is a certain amount of caution that we always have to take into account to always be conscious of our social surroundings. So the general environment... Um, I would assume is always um, approached varying and differently depending on what context I'm in. Uh, my community I'm quite out in, um, but depending on how far outside of my circle you expand, do you see the, uh, you know, the variance of what I speak about or how I identify vocally? I'm Maria. I'm a 22-year-old lesbian born and raised in Cairo, Egypt. And I've known about my sexuality since I was around 14. So that makes it eight years of embracing my sexuality, which is a very long time. Almost, I'd like to say, 99% of my friends know about my sexuality and are cool with it. And some, I suppose, are trying to be more involved and acceptable. And some were involved and supportive from the beginning, which made the entire journey of accepting myself so much easier. My family doesn't know anything about me because I just don't want to risk my safety and I don't know what will happen. But I am glad that regardless of that, I managed to find my safe space in a society that is really harsh on that subject. And I consider myself a really, really, really lucky person because some people just don't have that type of support and privilege. Um, nobody here accepts the LGBT community and... It's also kind of like a taboo subject that people don't talk much about, at least not publicly. And it's only until the last few years that people start to talk about it. Actually, 95% of Egyptians are not even cool with the community. And of course, this is mainly because of religion. And religion impacts our culture so much. But when you truly look into it, it's just because this society doesn't accept anyone who are different from them. I mean, the same people that put a blind eye to things that we struggle with every day, like racism and sexual harassment, are the same people who are so against homosexuality and very vocal about it. It really sucks and it's really sad because you think that maybe social class or level of education, whatever, would make some sort of difference in that type of backwards thinking. But it really doesn't. And people get, can get into trouble, like serious trouble. You know, there are no direct laws against being in the LGBT community, but there are laws that officials can abuse and twist and ultimately jail people. It's terrible, and we always hear news about that here. I mean, we share stuff sometimes on the close friends list on Instagram or Twitter, and I do sometimes want to share stuff on Twitter, and I do since I'm kind of anonymous there. But somehow, the homophobes always find their ways in, and it it can actually turn sour so fast. You have no idea how often that happens. And literally the community and the homophobes get into fights like 
on a daily basis even. Like one time this person who was just a teen spoke in solidarity with the community and some homophobic jerk somehow found her mother's number, sent her in her entire Twitter account to her mother, which had a video of the girl talking about her girlfriend and her life was literally ruined and turned upside down. And we were really, really scared for her until she kind of told everybody that she's fine. And, you know, this also happened to a dear friend of mine who's bisexual. Although she got away with it, but the aftermath wasn't really all that nice. So, here in Egypt, it's a constant fight that usually gets us nowhere. And also, it's kind of a constant fear. Um, so, hello, uh, my name is Maxence, I'm 22 years old. I'm from Belgium and uh, I'm a bisexual trans guy. Um, I wanted to thank you uh, for giving me the, um, the possibility to express myself about pride. Um, I prepared the document so I don't search my word uh, for hours. Uh, and I'm gonna answer question by question if it's okay. So, how does your general environment respond to your sexual orientation or gender identity? Um, I will only answer for my gender identity because since I came out as a trans guy, my sexual orientation became totally invisible. I don't know why, maybe it's less interesting, I guess. Um, so. According to the context, places and times, people reacted differently to it. Um, for example, it was at first very complicated with my family, to the point where I had to move out because we didn't speak to each other anymore. Uh, it's now getting better. I see them from time to time. To time. They almost never use my dead name anymore. Uh, and we can talk about my transition without any problems. So, so I guess that time creates miracles. I don't know. Um, in a school and professional context, I'm very lucky I've never been confronted to trouble with that yet. <laughs> um, some misgendering sometimes, but nothing very uh, important. And it happens that people ask clumsy questions, but that's all. I'm quite lucky. Uh, the only times that have been very hard for me uh, were with doctors. I suffered from a lot of transphobia during medical appointments. Uh, but that's not the point of this episode, so maybe another time. <laughs> okay, so we actually got a submission um, from a person who wanted to stay anonymous, so I will be reading uh, their statements. And after uh, every time I'm done, I'm going to say that the um, uh, admission the wait that's not the word oh my god <laughs> the submission ended so the submission start uh, i'm a bisexual woman living in southern germany my general environment responds positive to my sexual orientation at least where i live now i come from a very small village in a rather rural area my family for example doesn't know about my sexual orientation old acquaintances from back home sometimes question my sexual orientation i get vibes that they think i'm doing it for attention Submission end. Hi, my name is Mora. I am 23 years old and I am bisexual. 
I live in Cologne, Germany, which is a pretty big city, and I study there. So my surrounding is mostly people who are, uh, you know, university students or that age group. Um, so, and also most of my friends are also like either gay, lesbian, or bisexual. <laughs> so, um. I would say my surrounding is pretty, you know, accepting because, you know, if you're same-sex attracted, why would you not be accepting of other same-sex attracted people? Um, and my, well, my straight surrounding is also pretty, um, you know, liberal-leaning. So, I guess, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh, pretty decent <laughs> I don't know how to, to to like describe it or anything but like I don't really think uh that hard about my sexuality and my surrounding uh it it not it yeah it's not it, it's nothing special well to answer your first two questions hello my name is Brian I live in Sacramento California uh I've lived here for six years now um and I am a cis male, and I am bisexual. Um, I would say that the idea of me not being straight or not being cis, even though I do consider myself cis, but not being cis, uh, is not something I really took into my mind until I left Fresno. Uh, to explain, I was born in Oakland, California, and I now live in Sacramento, but between those two points, I live in Fresno, California. Now, I know that California has the image of being this totally liberal bastion where all up and down, like there is tolerance and there is accepting and all that. Um, Fresno, California and the Central Valley as a whole is really not like that. Um, there are a lot of minorities and there are a lot of queer people, but at the end of the day, it's strictly ran it's Republican like town like you I went back there like months ago to see my grandmother and they were like advertising me for Christmas Chris ah Christmas it was like November it was Christian movies everywhere it was you know Trump flags everywhere and I was just breaking the life my first experience with trying to grapple with what queerness really was. Um, if you don't know, there is this thing called Prop 8. And what Prop 8 was, um, was that that was the proposition towards uh, outlawing same-sex marriage in California. Yes was in favor of that, no was against that. As we now know, all of those processes in any state are now considered unconstitutional and therefore have no place in law, American law. But um, to see a bunch of middle school kids when I was in middle school, right? Or early high school, I can't remember when this was, it might have been 2009, who have no cares for politics, who have, they don't know what a Democrat is or a Republican is or the hell like call marks or like 
like they don't know what Grover Cleveland did. They don't. No one in Fresno, no kid in Fresno knows shit about politics. Anything. To see all those kids pick up signs and parade them around the school and gassing each other up just because we don't know anything about it, but we know it hurts gay people and that's good enough for us. So we're going to back this up and use it to bully kids. To see that, and spoiler alert, Prop 8 won, by the way. Um, I consider myself straight at that point, but seeing that shit really scared me away from really looking into myself and trying to explore that, you know? I was never in an environment in my youth where I had the opportunity to ask questions or, like, confined into, like, not my friends, because my friends get shit like that, or I want to been friends with them. But to confine them just like a passerby and saying, like, hey, you have, you have to be able to consider that, you know, maybe you're not straight or not cis or anything like that. You can't do that because you will either get lambasted, you will either get ridiculed, or you will get your ass beat. I never even claimed to be queer at all in high school, and I've got my ass beat on a couple of occasions just because of what people thought. Uh, there was this one dude who got railed off of being gay, even though he was straight, but he played the turn left-handed. It was just stupid, you know? And basically what I'm getting is that when I left Fresno and came to Sacramento, you know, it was interesting because it was like all of these images just hitting me, being like, hey, we're different, you know, like, not totally different, and I'll get back to that in future um, questions. But it was more accepting, and it was more seen. And I think that was the difference. I knew it was out there in Fresno, but I didn't really see it unless it was on TV or in the internet. Whereas, and here in Sacramento, it's right in front of me. And I'm really thankful for that. And I think about where I would be had I not left. But, and there are a lot of reasons why I'm happy to have left Fresno, but this is that aspect, I'm really happy I left because being able to live in a place where I can be more free to educate myself and look into myself, I realized that, no, maybe I'm not what I thought I was. Maybe I am this, and, you know, and maybe being this is not so bad. So I guess I'll do the third and fourth question together as well. I'm sorry, Eileen, if this makes things messy. Um, what does pride mean to you? Um, it's, well, I'm really grateful that, you know, the generations before us, the gay men and the lesbians and the bisexuals and the transsexuals have, like, fought for the stuff that we take for granted today. Um, or, well, for <laughs> a few years ago, because now it's all just crumbling back. Like, all the work that they did is being just totally destroyed. Um, which is one of my issues with Pride, is that um, it's just not the same anymore. <laughs> like, I would love Pride if it was still just, you know, the LGB community just fighting for our rights, basically but it's not. <laughs> and I also, I, I went, um, well, in Germany, we don't have pride. We have Christopher Street Day, which is um, basically the same thing, I guess. Um, 
So I went once and I just, I felt very lonely. Um, I mean, I did go alone, but usually like even when you attend any event, you don't end up feeling so lonely, but I did. And that's also because there was just so many people who were not supposed to be there. <laughs> Like, um, there was a whole thing about, um, BDSM, which, you know, should, should just not be there. Um, it's just, I don't know, like, the whole state of the so-called community is just absolutely disgusting. Um, also, it's very, um how to say it's very capitalized like we live in late stage capitalism so obviously it is but it just it makes things even worse where you know all of these all of these what's the english word you know all of these companies are trying to sell you stuff with rainbows on them you know that was made in sweatshops and like poor countries or rather exploited countries where you know some of the people who are probably actually making that shirt would be stoned to death if they were found out to be homosexual so like <laughs> be careful what kinds of things you buy during pride month like i guess maybe other people are actually feeling pride i am just feeling anger but that might just be me but even if you do feel pride be careful what kind of stuff you buy and from which company because they are not your friends like companies are not your friends they just want your money that's all they care about um also there are a lot of companies who make very cute pride stuff and then their ceo goes ahead and donates all that money to like in anti-LGBT foundation or some shit like that or I don't know gives it to Trump or whatever so you know it's very capitalized capitalized on I think is how you say that um so that is one of my other issues um what else yeah I don't know I just I feel like it's hard to be proud anymore when the movement has been so infiltrated by people who are not even homo or bisexual. So that really is the biggest problem for me. What does pride mean to you? For me, it means presenting yourself the way you are without fearing what others might think. It's also a time to remember everything that all the generations had to endure and overcome and the obstacles some people still have to face and survive and making a promise to never let that happen again. It's also time to show that things get better and pride also means to me that you should not apologize for what you feel. And most importantly, it means to love yourself. Being from, from Lebanon and from the MENA region, um, pride to us is extremely different, I think, um, than it is in the global north. I mean, when, when we say pride, we're talking about the riots that took place in Stonewall that started by black trans activists and black lesbian activists uh, living in New York. 
of course, that is a monumental time for all LGBTQI, of co- being that it was so vocal and, and, and has reverberated around the world. But in the global south, we still have such a long uh, and, and different battle uh, when it comes down to it. Not, it's not just about changing laws, which are predominantly discriminating towards marginalized communities and LGBTQI, but also about tr- changing social understanding, social context, and discrimination that is inherent in our society. Um, it's not just systemic in, in the sense that it is within just the system, but the system is also a social structure that we have to also deconstruct and fight against. To me, pride is all about visibility and being validated. It's saying that we are here, we exist, and no matter what you do, you can never get rid of us because it's not just something that if you close your eyes, it just goes away. You know, it's all about embracing who you are and who you love. Uh, what does pride mean to you? Uh, it's a very easy question. There's no need to make a huge explanation. Pride is a protest, not a party or festival. Full stop. Submission start. Pride means two things to me. Being aware of the history of it and thus being grateful for the people that paved the way for me to live the way I do today. And secondly, to educate myself. I try to read more on LGBT issues in the month of June, for example. I think Pride should not only be a celebration, but also still a protest because we are not free yet. Submission end. I don't... <clears throat> sorry, I don't, I don't really feel like Pride means uh, anything to me, or at least anymore. Uh, I went to a Pride parade <laughs> once. Or maybe twice, like one and a half times <laughs> in my life. Um, and I think that one time was maybe three years ago. I think even then we talked about this, like you and me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the day. But also I felt the same way as you did back then. That um, it's more of a party than, you know, protest. And... Uh, I don't think we are in a place where um, we we shouldn't protest. You know what I mean? Um, and after that, I think I, back then I also only went because I had a lot of friends who are very, you know, out, out and proud and loud and all those things. Um, and I felt like uh, it was important for some reason. Um, and then I never went again. I, I think I only went once, uh, to like, not the parade, but, uh, you know, after there's all those, um, stalls with whatever. And one of my colleagues, I think it was last year, one of my colleagues wanted to go because he'd never been and I tagged along and I hated the entire experience. <laughs> um, Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll probably get back to that. Um, but mostly I don't really, I don't know. I feel like pride doesn't really mean anything to me because I don't really see myself as part of the LGBT community. Not because I see myself as, you know, being above it or because I'm in denial of my sexuality or anything like that. It's mostly because I don't feel like, um, community makes sense in you know lgbt community just doesn't make sense in itself like lgbt people being a community because uh not only 
you know, on a global scale, it doesn't make sense because yet we have different experiences depending on, you know, where you live, where you come from. But we also, within, you know, the, the acronym, we do not share an experience because LGB people might, uh, you know, all be same-sex attracted, but um, that, first of all, leaves uh, trans people who are not inherently same-sex attracted. Um, but also, you know, within same-sex attracted people, uh, lesbian and gay men, they do not have the same experiences. And bisexual people are also same uh, opposite opposite sex attracted <laughs> so um they have a different experience from uh lesbian and gay people um so yeah we we do not have that much in common and um we also like on a political level we we might share like some common goals but um some we just don't and i don't want to you know discourage um the interaction of all those uh you know acronyms um i just don't think it makes sense because uh i feel like a lot of things are being said like as um uh, you know in the name of the community that i personally i i don't really see myself represented in like i don't understand who decided that we need to add the Q-slur to the acronym um and make it uh be a valid identity um i also don't understand why um for some reason asexuality was added to the acronym or by some people were added <laughs> to the acronym and it's seen as as valid not because I don't, you know, uh, you know, if you're asexual, then that's fine. Just you're not inherently um, LGBT and you're also not oppressed for being asexual. I try to find community in, you know, the people I'm close to who are, um, you know, uh, lesbian, gay or bisexual. But uh yeah, I don't, I don't really see, uh, you know, the concept of LGBT community being, you know, reasonable. It kind of sounds harsh, but <laughs> I hope you understand what I mean. So your third question is, what does pride mean to me? And you know, for me, pride is just being free. You know, pride is just wanting to be who you are. It's really that simple. It's knowing that I want to present myself in a certain way. I want to talk a certain way. I want to be with a certain group. I want to listen to things a certain way. I want to do things a certain way. And I know that the world may not be accepting of that. And I know that if I go out and be myself, unapologetically, I can be in danger, I can get hurt, I can even probably get killed, but also me accepting within myself that I would rather die than me something than not. What is a life? Life is suffering, you know? But 
I'm not going to suffer without being who I am. I'm not going to suffer by hiding who I am. And of course, people are going to going to say, well, I'm not there yet. I'm just not there yet. I'm scared of what will happen to me and I'm going to wait a little while. And I think there's pride in that too because you have to recognize your environment. You have to recognize what that can mean for people you love who may also have that same fear. And you have to recognize that why don't you have to pay sweet? These are deep questions, I mean. But um And keep in mind, when I say I'd rather die, I'm talking about me personally. I'm not talking about anybody else. They've been doing what they want to do. But, you know, I think back to my youth and how there was a lot of things I had, you know. There was a lot of things I had into myself because I didn't think people would get it, you know. And I realized that, hey, um, if I do more free, I'm going to be miserable, but I'm miserable now. So if I'm going to be miserable, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be me. And I know this is a dumbbell answer, but I guess that's pride to me, you know? Do you take part in pride? And if yes, how so? So usually I travel to different cities to take part in parades, like Christopher Street Days, um, if I can, if I have the time. Um, I really enjoy that. And I also try to do more research on LGBT history to educate myself. Because I feel like when it comes to this point, I feel very lacking. Because all those, I'm just going to call them veteran gays, they either have experienced horrifying things themselves or they know someone that had to fight practically for their life to get those rights and to be able to step out onto the street proudly and risking risking their lives and I have the privilege to not have to live through that and I do not want their efforts and everything they've done to be forgotten because I can live the way I live because of them. What I love the most about Pride is just the energy and the people who come out and celebrate and dress in the ex most extravagant way and with the most incredible makeup and just everyone has just such good energy and laughing and everyone it feels like everyone is hearing this one heartbeat and it just shows that we kind of we're one i hope this makes sense and um 
everyone is just so unapologetically themselves it's amazing it's the most amazing thing so as i was saying we take pride take part in pride a lot differently than they would in the global north um in the middle east when you come out you get kicked out of your house and the uh, you know in the west or in western countries um, you get kicked out of your house. You have to leave it. So you you go abroad. You you move out. For us, we get locked in. So it's a very different context than how we navigate it. To say that we're uh, that you have to be out to be proud is is something that I find extremely, uh, in a sense, emotionally abusive to a lot of people that don't have that freedom. And to ensure that their security and safety is the main point. It is the the most crucial element of coming out is to ensure that you're safe and you're secure, um, and that there it wouldn't be a threat on your life or on your persons if you were to come out. So to take pride in who we are really is a very different context for us. You can be. Um, you know, you don't have to be out to be to be to be proud and you don't have to be visible to be seen. And, you know, it's just about your context and your um, society and your your community and how you can mediate and how you can navigate that to ensure that you stay safe. Um, yet you are yourself. So, of course, it's a very different approach for us. It's a very different battle. Um, we have to change so many laws that criminalize our existence first and foremost and then of course change social structures and their understanding of of our um of our strife uh so it's it's just a very different approach to pride um i you know the issue i think we're all we all see with pride or the you know the controversy currently is like the pink washing of corporations and and how it's become this very capitalistic uh approach to it how they've kind of uh i, I don't want to just say hijacked but kind of just polluted the entire premise of why we're coming together and marching let's say uh whether it, you know in the states let's i'm giving an example um being that it's kind of diluted with all of these corporate things and then you see that when june ends or when pride month ends uh, all of these corporations go back to their usual um you know their day-to-day -day business which isn't about ensuring rights which isn't about always representing people correctly and and you know holistically uh it is about profit so that's my strife with pride um now it's just to become it's become a for-profit and they just you know they abuse it for this month and then and then all of the the, the premise of pride is thrown out the window the moment that june is over <clears throat> For us in the global south, it's it's so much. Uh, it's a it's a different battle. It's a different context. Um, our riots are you know Stonewall doesn't apply to us because we haven't been able to benefit uh, from the riots that happened in Stonewall. So I guess I don't want to say we're waiting for our own riots, but we are, you know, taking different steps to to you know to get these rights because it is a very different context. It's a different cultural context. It's a different social construct. Um, so it's a very different battle. Um, and now we're, you know, it's a different point in our lives where we're navigating it and being able to try to mediate as much as possible without putting anyone in harm's way, uh, to the best of our abilities, at least. I would love to take part in Pride, and I would love to do it in a productive way, like um, volunteer in an NGO for LGBT youth or something, um, I mean, I can always do that, even not in Pride, but um, it's always very special in Pride, I guess. And unfortunately, I can't do that. I live in a very unsafe environment. And 
I always felt shame that I can't take part in Pride. But after what I've seen happening, it's definitely for the best. And I wish I could post pictures even on social media with me and a rainbow flag and be like, hey guys, embrace yourselves or something, you know, something to motivate people. Or go to an event for Pride, but these things don't happen here, you know, Pride parades and stuff. I mean, I can always donate money or support LGBT artists or businesses, but since they don't exist here in Egypt, I have to support people from a different country, which is absolutely cool. But that means I have to use my credit card and people can probably so easily see that I did that at the bank through credit card activity or bank statements or whatever and trace it back to me and get me into trouble. I know it sounds like I'm paranoid, but yeah, it's just that bad here. So, yeah. Um, question four is, do you take part in Pride? If yes, how so? Uh, the answer is yes. I went to Pride three times. The two first times were when I was a teenager, like around 17 or 18 years old. Uh, back then I was still considering myself as a cisgender bisexual woman and I was not very conscious of this whole fight in the community and so on. So I went there to act like many unconscious people do now, so just for dancing and drinking and uh, buying a flag from a capitalist brand and hugging strangers for free, you know. Um... Fortunately, time has changed and I woke up from all that. In the meantime, I came out as a trans guy and I did an inter in internship in the most known organization from for transgender and intersex people in Belgium. So I realized how much we were missing a lot of rights and how much we were still discriminated. So I went to the Pride for the third time in my life, but for the first time I wanted to protest. It was last year, so in 2019, I didn't want to fight at first, I just wanted to be in the front where there were no music and people with sad shouting slogans, uh, but it did not happen. I don't really remember how, but I was with my ex-girlfriend and some friends, and just before the beginning of the cottage, we were at the end of it, where all the political floats are. Then uh, came a group of people who were apparently protesting against the presence of these political floats. I don't remember exactly the reason of their protesting, neither the name. I just know that they were apparently not allowed to parade as a group because they were not they were not <laughs> registered on the list of the official pride organization. And then everything happened so fast. The police came and uh, surrounded them in less than five minutes. They were shouting at them and uh, they didn't allow us to film them uh, order that we obviously didn't follow. Um, then the cortege began. The first floats were the left-wing political organizations and then the center. And finally came the right-wing ones. They were hissed by us and the group that was the group that was surrounded by the police. And then finally the extreme right wing was coming. And that's funny because they already were surrounded by some police officers officers, like it looks like they knew that they would get some trouble, you know. I I don't remember what happened then, but 
they were a sort of solidarity movement to support the group of, the group of Protestants that were surrounded. Uh, me and some other people decided without any arrangement before. We didn't know even know each other. So we, we decided to create a chain before in front of that extreme right-wing float. We were holding each other's arms and we were blocking the way so that the float couldn't pass. I was in the first line. Uh, and then in less than a few minutes and even before arriving in front of us, and there are proofs in videos, the police officers that were protecting the float took out the tiger's bombs and gazed us almost at point-blank range. And we were not violent, we were not fighting, we were just standing there holding each other's arms. We did not even shout any slogan because we didn't have the time to do so. Um, the gas was so aggressive that we were separated very quickly. Um, one of my friends was even burned in the neck and has still a huge scar. Um, another one has been touched her breast by a policeman and I personally has been strangled. Uh, to make things clear, I'm 167 centimeter tall for 55 kilo. The police officer in front of me was way taller, bigger and stronger than me, so I think that so much violence was not necessary at all. Um, after that, the people in the group that were the least injured went to buy some physio physiological saline and some water. Um, everything that I've just told happened in like 10 minutes maybe, I don't know. Uh, we then went to our own way as the court was continuing as if nothing happened. We then learned that the first group uh, has been surrounded till the evening. That means hours standing up in the heat and without any weather or food. And the media barely talked about it. They, were, they all were like, oh my god, Prize was amazing this year. Look at the floats and the costumes and the balloons and how oh, look, Ben and Jerry's are selling rainbow flags. And uh, two weeks later, I made a complaint about the behavior of the police on this day. And a few months ago, I got an answer saying that my complaint, complaint has been closed without any other information. What a surprise. <laughs> and yeah, for the last question, what change or changes would you like to see concerning the LGBT community? Um, that's a very difficult question, but I would say representation. For me, it's the beginning of everything. If there were more representation, we would not, or at least less than now, been considered as freaks of nature. And as long as we are considered like that, we won't get any other rights, I think. And that's all. <laughs> Thank you again. Submission start. I take part in pride parades in my area, for example, and I want to bring up a topic about these parades that bothered me in the last few years. Police as an institution taking part in it. And the parades I went to, police did not only secure the demonstration as it is their job, but also took part in it in a form that they had their own booth. And I think that a pride parade is just not the right time and place for that. Allowing police to participate in pride and being like, oh, we're so inclusive, is completely oblivious of the history of Pride. It started as a right against police brutality. Police shouldn't get to use Pride to rainbow wash themselves. So yeah, that just absolutely doesn't sit right with me. Submission end.
sorry if this part is also gonna sound uh, kind of pessimistic but um i think the one thing i like about pride is that it's a fun event and that's about it like um i feel like uh the things that bother me uh about pride parades um or you know the the entire event of pride is uh, not only that it's so heavily, uh, you know, commercialized, the fact that um, it is sponsored by brands that uh, just want uh, publicity and don't really stand behind it and profit off of it, but also that, for example, in a lot of places, at least in, in the bigger cities, I, I don't I don't know uh, about every pride event you know but um the ones uh in cities where uh i've lived in and where i looked it up most of them are sponsored um not exclusively but uh also sponsored by alcohol brands and i think that's not very inclusive um and not ideal for uh, uh that kind of event maybe it's because uh you know yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like if you look at the demographic of LGBT people and uh, I don't know, like uh, th this is probably outdated, but I remember reading a lot about like LGBT suicide. It, ugh, I cannot talk. It's <laughs> 3 a.m. Um, you know, LGBT um, suicide rates and uh, mental health and all of these things and uh, I remember reading something about the fact that, you know, not only like if you are LGBT, uh, uh, your your chances of uh, being homeless are higher, but also your chances of, um, you know, uh, alcohol abuse. And uh, like I said, like <laughs> this is a while ago. I don't know if this is still true or i cannot like name you the source of it but it makes sense with the fact that a gay night uh, like gay life is so heavily connected with nightlife um because there is no, not really a lot of events that are you know daytime events like um we don't really have like uh you know gay friendly spaces that are just you know everyday things and so yeah i i'm i don't know it doesn't sit right with me that pride is often sponsored by alcohol brands it also doesn't sit right with me that um uh, bdsm and king culture is uh so prevalent at pride events like i remember last year when i you know briefly went <laughs> to you know, the, the pride thing with my colleague. Uh, I remember seeing like two booths with like bondage gear and, uh, you know, those puppy play masks and all that. And I don't think that is uh, child friendly. And with child friendly, I also mean teenagers. Um, I think it's bad enough that porn is so easily accessed on the internet. And 
my stance on you know BDSM culture and and kink culture uh, is uh, you know very much against it uh, for a lot of reasons and I think that uh, it shouldn't be at Pride uh, because it is an event for everyone uh, who goes there and I don't think that impressionable children and well teenagers or children whatever should be exposed to that um, I'm not saying that you know um, you know it is an event uh, for LGBT people it's it's about sexuality but there you know it doesn't mean that you have to bring sex uh, to an open public event <laughs> there's there's uh, you know lines that shouldn't be crossed in my opinion and uh, that is uh, why I'm I don't know I'm not happy with uh, the way that pride events are being handled and also I feel like they're very uh, I don't know very uh, heavy in I don't know how to say this they're like they're mostly focused on gay men and I feel like nowadays also like transit identities um, but I don't feel like they're you know I don't feel like there's uh, enough space for same-sex attracted women specifically lesbians I don't know I just I don't see them at pride events <laughs> and I feel like um, if you look at the way that you know pride events are being handled I am not surprised about it but you know that's one of the things I just I don't know I feel alienated as a as a same-sex attracted woman at pride events I don't feel like they're uh, they have something to do with me like I see a lot of women at pride events but they don't seem to be there because of their same-sex attraction you know what I mean like uh, I mean obviously like I cannot look into people's minds but um, I don't know I don't feel like there's the representation there I don't know if this makes sense but um, maybe like people who listen to this reflect on this the next time they go to a pride event uh, and yeah Maybe I just went to the wrong places. As of um, actually going to Pride, um, believe it or not, I haven't. You know, my queerness with fuck I just discovered recently, and I always wanted to go, and I do. I did plan on going this year. Shit, COVID fucked a lot of my plans. But anyway, I planned on going this year. But I guess that's gonna be next year, unless country fucks this up more and I'll end up going the next next year, but that that's that I digress. Anyway, um I haven't gone for two reasons. One being a one, I have not been in a same sexual relationship yet. And two, I am not I will not be what people call physically quicker. If you look at me, you would definitely think I was straight if you didn't talk to me. Like, you know, I dress in a certain masculine way. I'm built a certain way. Like, if you didn't see my eyelash, you'd see a straight woman. That's just how it is. 
But um, I didn't realize that, you know, I can't really confine queerness to a look. I feel like that's probably a low place of looking at it. But it's a novice way of looking at it. And as far as my queerness, I am novice, you know. I've definitely, you know, been with men in some form. I've been with non-men in some form. But I feel like before I go to party, I don't want to treat it like a party, you know, like it's an event. It should be about camaraderie and educating ourselves. And I don't want to go there and just turn up, which, quite frankly, I can't speak for every city, but Sacramento, like, affluent white gays definitely treat it like just a party. They don't talk about the history behind it. They don't talk about how it was started by a black trans woman. They just go over there and like, hey, tequila, nah. And I'm just, that was my impression of the white gay now, by the way. But yeah, I ain't trying to deal with that, man. Like, I want to get down to the nitty gritty. I want to educate myself. I want to learn more about my black brothers and sisters who have been out doing this shit, you know? And I guess that's what I'm, that's the part of that I really want to expand my horizons on. I don't just want to go to some absolute sponsored shit and act a fool of myself. Which is fine, you know, if you want to turn up, turn up. But don't just go there to turn up. Go there to be a part of your community. Go there to help your community, especially those who are struggling with themselves and trying to figure on themselves, trying to figure themselves out and learn to be free on their own terms and trying to fight for a world where they don't have to feel like they have to hide in the shell. And that's all I got to say about um, so the fifth question is what changes would you like to see concerning the LGBT community? Um, and well, <laughs> I, first of all, I think we need to separate ourselves and fight for our own issues because the community as it's supposed to be just does not really exist anymore. Um, and you know, like we should like personally i would really love an lg community for like just homosexuals then you have bisexuals who can sometimes you know fight with us for the same thing but they still have their own community because they have their own issues to deal with that homosexuals don't deal with themselves um and then the t can be their own community like the t that is not included in the l and the g can be their own community so like heterosexual transsexuals can be their own community and fight for their own issues um that like for example the lg and the t could like team up on fighting for you know the rights of transsexuals to not be fired from the job just for being transsexual so I think we need our own communities who are able to fight together for the same things that that they need to accomplish. Um, that is the first change that I would like to see. And then we really need to be careful who we let into our community and who we ally ourselves with. Mm, because <laughs> there are very, you know, we made fun of straight people for so long that now they are pretending that they are oppressed and that they belong in the community which is not the case um we made fun of them for so long so now that they're trying to tell us what gay people are it's just it's not funny anymore um what change would you like to see in the lgbt community
for me, I would really like it to feel more like a conversation rather than a presentation concerning Pride. Um, what I mean by that is that, like during Pride parades, for instance, you can see like colorful masses of people like celebrating and showing who and what they love shamelessly, and I love that. That's that's beautiful. But sometimes um, I also feel like that when I'm standing in that crowd and I'm, I start to doubt myself whether I have the right to be there and whether I know enough about this entire culture already. Um, like I'm sure you can never know enough about anything, but as I walk among these veteran queer people, I sometimes feel really intimidated because with some people, their pride kind of says, I've been through hell, but look how fabulous I am now, and like I'm invincible now. And I think a lot of people would recognize that invisibility also as untouchability. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's it's meant to, um, their strength is meant to be, like, an encouragement for, like, baby gays um, to just, you know, come out and live proudly. But I think that intimidation really, like, results from not knowing what I have to know or what I feel like I am expected to know. And I'm also afraid to ask about things because people expect me to know about all the history that LGBTQ people and the entire community has had. Um, and also, if you're like just starting out, um, I would I would say the community has its own and like language and definitely culture and definitely history. It's something that you have to get used to, like you're learning a new language and obviously you will need like help to get used to the culture and the language of this community. And um, yeah, that, that kind of made me sad or disappointed me a bit because I haven't met like someone like um, who's very active in the LGBT community who was kind of like willing to teach that. Not necessarily me, because I found my ways to like do my own research, but it was more like um, during Pride, like, oh, we're all celebrating ourselves in this moment because, um, yeah, we all have this background knowledge and we all assume that, oh, you will have it too because you're celebrating with us. Um, yeah, but for anyone who just came out, who never really dared to like do any research on this entire culture, because for whatever reason, like, you didn't want people to know or you just never gotten around to it, for that matter. Um, yeah, it's really hard to get the depth of, like, the background knowledge if nobody, like, takes them under their wing. And I'm sh pretty sure there's a lot of people who teach, like, <laughs> baby gays, I'm just gonna say it. Um, how the how how the community like works, but I just don't think I have like found people in like 
in my immediate environment yet and um, yeah it's something that a lot of people just assume you know and they don't really they don't really explain or they don't really um, accept even my questions from you because they just assume you know and if you ask them they will kind of lecture you on why you don't know anything about this and so this feels definitely feels more like a presentation than a conversation because in a conversation I expect you or expect to feel like comfortable to ask questions and get reasonable answers and yeah this is the same thing with like um, that a lot of like straight people have also approached me with um, because sometimes like they did not understand pride because no one ever like talked to them about what it represents and so by just watching it they feel very like they they, they love the energy and they love all the people and they definitely support it but they just never um, got to have a conversation with someone who sat them down and like explained them um, like the origins of the Stonewall riots for example and just that it's not it's not just the celebrations that they see on the streets and it has a deeper meaning to it and also one of my fears is that a lot of people don't understand the difference of talking to and talking at a person because like if you just dump a bunch of information on someone you don't really know whether that person actually understood what you wanted to say or not so i would love it if more people like raised their questions and started discussions just in real life so you can like find the proper degree of understanding um that's needed for it to feel like real conversation yeah that's a change i'd like to see in the future um so yeah we're a community right and we love each other so let's talk in regards to what changes i would like to see concerning the lgbtqi community of course the removal and the abolishment of 534 and 521 and multiple other laws that persecute and discriminate against lgbtqi individuals in lebanon within my community and 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 sadly there are more than 70 countries that um criminalize lgbtqi uh, around the world and and that's a it's a push that we need to continuously have and, and as an effort and as, as a main denominator of our work and our cause um is to constantly strive to change these laws uh that not only criminalize but abuse and persecute lgbtqi all over the world uh that work in of itself is, you know, on community-based and most activists are functioning non-stop in order to change these laws. Uh, things that are more um, within the LGBTQI community is just more acceptance to our brothers and sisters. Of course, we have, uh, you know, always been a very supportive community, but I think we need to go above and beyond that. Um, there are particular countries that have received rights that others haven't. And we need to understand that, you know, just because you're not currently going through that oppression doesn't mean that you can't be aware of the oppression that's happening elsewhere uh, to your brothers and sisters. I think it's a, it's a, and with what's going on right now is also, 
extremely imperative that um, you know people of color, uh, LGBTQI, uh, the Palestinians, um, cause all of these these fights are all interlinked and they're all intersectional. It's just about us being aware of what's going on and realizing the extent of oppression and how it's kind of seeped into our everyday. It's become this systemic hate that's found in different forms all over the world, um, and. What we hope, I guess, to see is through all of these, you know, revolutions and these protests that are happening worldwide, not only a change, but a change of rhetoric internally and an understanding of, you know, it's not just enough to change laws. We also need to work on the social impact that these laws have had and uh, how we can really start changing perspective and, and making people understand that these laws didn't only persecute, but society has persecuted equally as much. And we need to continuously ch try to change that, that rhetoric and, and try to better um, living standards for all of us around the world. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> hope that answers your question. I think that what I want to change in the LGBT community whether it's the Egyptian community or in general, it's just, I would like to see more support within the community. Um, I'm just saying that at the moment because I see a lot of biphobia going around lately and I don't understand what the source of that is. People saying stuff like, oh, I don't date bisexual women because they will end up with men anyways. And it just really makes me so frustrated. It just grinds my gears. It's nonsense, you know, and also I often see hate towards trans people within the community and I also don't understand why or more like how since we are all in one shape or the other in the same boat. I don't know, maybe I guess the cause is that we are affected by the negativity that people who are in the community spread, but I think it's just our duty as a community to kind of unite and fight that and actually be there for each other and support each other more. I don't know if I'm in a place to comment on this because I previously said that uh, I don't really see myself as part of the LGBT community. Um, but, you know, if I did or w what would need to happen for me to, I don't know, feel part of it is that there should be a shift in, in focus and that shift should be that you know, the spaces are less focusing on inclusion and more focusing on the specific groups within uh, the LGBT acronym. Um, because I think a lot of issues would be more easily resolved or, the, you, you know, you could more easily actively fight for specific things if um, you don't try to include everyone because sometimes... It's just an, not an issue that, uh, you know, everyone experiences and it should, you know, just empower or, you know, uh, mobilize the people um, who, you know, the, the, the topic concerns. Um, as a bisexual person, for example, I think there needs to be more conversations about identity politics, specifically um, the fact that there's more and more identities that are actually bisexuality, but mixed with uh, like specifiers that are kind of unnecessary or, you know, make everything way more complicated. And to me, they mostly show how 
people are just um you know uncomfortable with their identity um and when i say this i mean things like uh you know pansexual for me is like the the lesser evil i've heard worse identities but um i think pansexual is the the most known one and uh i think the the most recent definition i've heard is that pansexuality is uh that you uh care more about the personality of a person than what their gender identity says about them um and for me that just sounds like you're trying to say or you're trying to get away from the stereotype that uh you know bisexual people who are attracted to both sexes uh are seen as promiscuous or you know sleeping around being overly sexual and you try to shy away from that and say you know actually i care about you know the personality of people which you know bisexual people do too like not everyone is uh you know separates um emotional intimacy from sexual intimacy like and uh that is something that you know needs to be talked about and uh you know i feel like there needs to be some kind of collective healing <laughs> and i think that can only happen if uh we take a step back and say okay you know what like we we can be uh lgbt like we we have things in common but there's also things that we need to deal within our separate communities and i don't think that is happening And as for what changes I would like to see in the LGBT community, I would like to see more accountability between us. Um, I feel like people in our community may slip up sometimes and that a lot of people will kind of handle it with kid hands because they feel like, oh, if we go too hard on them, then that's going to look bad on the community. But I don't see it that way. I feel like if we don't hold ourselves accountable, that would make the community look worse. Like, why? First of all, why are you even so worried about us hurting other people, hurting us? Which that's fine, but queer people can absolutely hurt queer people, you know. And just because a bunch of straight people run the world and want to control us, that doesn't mean that we have to stop and protect our own, even if it's against our own, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not going to get too into it, but there are certain communities out here where it's just really bad, you know, like they talk about, you know, queer alliances and POC alliances, but you walk in and it's almost all white. It's almost all one genre of music, and they're not talking about struggles. They're not even going to protest. They're just smoking and doing drugs all day. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe this, maybe I'm talking out of my ass on this one. I don't know. But I believe that if you're claiming to be about it, you should actually be about it and not just be like, again, just partying all the damn time actually do something, actually be out there. And don't just be out there for show, be out there behind the scenes. Like if you're out there, 
marching and shit. And behind the scenes, you're treating people like dirt and like belittling them and their stories and all that. Like, what are you doing? Why are you even out there? Because obviously you don't mean anything about it, you know? And that's what I'd like to see. Like, just be about what you'd say, you know? I've definitely had struggles with that. But, you know, self-accountability is a motherfucker. And I know that, you know, in some of these communities, like, if I didn't do that shit myself, no one's going to do it for me. Nobody checks each other like that, you know? There needs to be more of that. There needs to be more of that. That's all I got to say. And uh, with that last sentence, I will say maybe keep my mind confidence. Because I'll need uh, motherfuckers who lie to themselves coming back at me, but... You know, more accountability is needed between us. And that's all I got to say. My roommate next door probably heard all the shit I've said and every message I've sent you. And I will probably have questions for me, but uh, I think we free too. So, <laughs> so I think that'll be, uh, and I hope I haven't been talking outside my mouth. Um, I hope that I give you a good idea of how I'm feeling about it. Of course, I'm still figuring myself out. Uh, I don't fully know what I am, but I know what I'm not. And that's the best way to put it. But yeah. All right. That is it for today. Um, thank you again so much. You have no idea how much it means to me that you guys took uh, the time and the energy to send me your thoughts on this topic. I really, 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 really appreciate this um, because, yeah, it w literally would have not been possible without you. Um I also want to thank the listeners um, for taking their time to, to listen to all of the opinions um, and the answers. Um, and yeah, I hope everyone is doing well um, and hope to see you next week. <laughs> Bye.